This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs Chat Podcast. In this edition, I've got three very special guests to talk about the pre-season and, of course, the 31 players that have just gone on the plane to travel to Perth, Australia. We have got Richard Whitehead back with us. Richard, how are you? How's it going, mate? Yeah, really good to be back on the show. It's been a little while. I took a sabbatical from the heartache of last season and yeah, decided that now is the time <laughs> to re- rejuvenate my love for the the team, the shirt, and let's get back on it. Get ready for next season. I think, um, yeah, it's been a it's been a traumatic kind of four or five months, and now we're starting to get the the signings in. The starting to the infrastructure looks like it's going to be a little bit more solid than we've we've had over the last couple of years. So hopeful is the word. Well, I'm absolutely delighted to bring on or bring back Majestic and Gaz from the same old Spurs podcast. I've tried to get these guys on for some time and I'm absolutely delighted to have you uh, back with us. Majestic, it's been far too long. How are you? Yeah, it's been a while, mate. So good to be back. As Rich was saying, I think I was as disillusioned as he was. For, like, at the end of last season, Gaz trying to get a podcast oh. out of me was hard, wasn't it? Very tough. Very, <laughs> very tough. I said I keep saying the same things again and again. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's good to be yeah, yeah, basically <laughs> good to be back. Uh, I you know paid up the money, re-signed up for the uh, the older season ticket again. They got me, and you know I'm already falling in love with Big Ange. I don't care if it's oh, if it's a hopeless uh, love affair, but you know what? It's as Rich was saying, couple signings in already, and um, you know especially someone like James Madison we'll get into later on oh. as well. It's got me excited, and so good to be back here with you, Chris, and like. Hats off, as we always say, guys, to oh, Chris. Yeah, no. Unbelievable coverage from you, mate. Definitely, and, uh, mate. Keep it up. Keep it up. smashing it, because even in the darkest times, you were there. I'll tell you what, there's been a lot of them. So uh, <laughs> so many of them. Fair play to the kid going, mate. Majestic, just want to talk about you personally at the moment, because every time I look on Instagram, you're in a different country, you're at a different <laughs> festival, you're you're all over the place at the moment. How, how have you been uh, dealing with it all? 
It's, it's been tiring, hasn't it, guys? Every... I don't get a lot of invites, though. It's <laughs> <laughs> good, mate. You fancy El Salvador? Yeah, we're in. <laughs> El Salvador on a Tuesday night? <laughs> like Stoke away. Uh, yeah, it, it, honestly, summer's crazy. Um, and we've obviously got this new single out at the moment as well with the Beyond Chicago Boys and Alex Mills. So having a new single out as well as doing the festivals and IB for in Mallorca has just been crazy. I was supposed to be in Torquay tomorrow for Electric Bay Festival, but because of the, can you believe it, in July, weather warnings for strong wind and rain in July, they've had to cancel their festival, which is a real shame. But it means I can be with you guys tonight, which I'm absolutely excited about. Talking football and Spurs, man. Yeah, better. exactly. Yeah, Friday night off, the missus is like, are we going to do something nice? I'm like, no. <laughs> we aren't talking Spurs, baby. You double locked the shutters, don't you hear it, man? I have. Studio. I've locked up the studio. She can't get in. <laughs> And Gaz, it's a pleasure having you back. I normally Thank bump you into much, you mate. down the top of my road after a game. I know, yeah, bumped into you. I'd had a few drinks that day, Chris, so I do apologise if I was a little bit worse for wear, but watching that team at the end of that season, I needed to have a few, blimey. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. it's great to have us be back on, man. Thanks for asking us to come on. Pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Uh, well, the Tottenham Hotspur team, or the squad, are now on the plane to Perth, Australia. The 31 players that have been named by Postacoglu, Austin, Basuma, Davis, Devine, Dyer, Hoybier, Kane, Keeley, Kulisevsky, Lacelso, Madison, Ondombele, Perisic, Poro, Regulon, Richarlison, Roden, Romero, Royale, Sanchez, Saar, Scarlett, Skip, Solomon, Son, Spence, Tanganga, Udoji, uh, Vicario, White and Whiteman. Um, players that have missed out uh, because of injury. Benton Kerr, Forster, Brian Hill, Parrott and Cessnion. And Lloris has not travelled because he's been granted permission um, to explore pers prospective transfer opportunities. Um, Rich, let's come to you. Um, let's get your reaction on the squad announcement. Um, any surprises there for you? Um, well, obviously when a, a new manager comes in, it's, it's a little bit of a clean slate and Obviously, with with listening to him in his first couple of interviews, he's really key to to kind of portray that as he's coming into into a new club. He's, he's great ambitions for our big club and um, feels that we've got some good players, a good squad, um, and he wants to have a real good look at players before he makes those decisions, which I feel hasn't actually happened in the past. I, I felt. A couple of managers that have come in, even Conte had, had already made those decisions before he came in the door around the players that weren't going to work in his system or he wasn't even going to give a chance or or, or the eyes over. And uh, I think the players um, understand that it's a new start for a lot of them that have maybe come back off loan. And um, for me, I think it's a great opportunity to go to Australia, get into a real um, training camp environment with, with games and actually test the players mentally, physically. Um, obviously, when you listen to the new manager, it's not just about the, the player's ability. He also wants to get to know the, the player and what the player can add uh, off the field as well. And I think that's really important that um, uh, the new manager really does invest in the players because I think that's the, that's where you get the, the best out of a squad. Being a, an, an elite athlete myself, I know that if you, when you're in that kind of hole of training and it's quite hard and stressful and uh, you're, you're knackered, and if you've got a manager that does really allow you to express yourself on the pitch, but also off the pitch as well, it does mean a lot. So I think the clean slate uh, will mean that a lot of these players will get that kind of last chance saloon kind of opportunity to be a, 
successful Tottenham Hotspur player. Majestic and Gaz, let's come to you um, and talk about the 31 players that have gone on the plane. Um, are you surprised that players like Ondon Bele, Regulon, Joe Roden, uh, Lo Celso, are you surprised that they're there? I'll be honest with you, I think the two that really stand out for me that he's having a look at, it's got to be Lo Celso and Ondon Bele. Obviously, both with huge price tags. This manager backs himself, it's clear. He fancies himself, so... He'll fancy himself to, to deliver something. And what I mean by that is get a tune out of Undembele or Lo Celso, something that other managers haven't done. That's a big tick box on his CV, on his CV if that works out. Whether it materialises is another thing, but I definitely think he's having a little sire at them too, for sure. I think there's a few people that have just gone there because they have to go there, keep fit, but there'll be quite a few of them still in the shop window, for sure. Yeah, I think you're right with, uh, especially Undembele, because he's already spoke about him in press conferences. And I'm sure Daniel Levy's probably said to him, listen, this is a big asset for me. I've spent a lot of money mm. on him. We can't sell him. No one really wants to buy him right now. So I think that's going to be one of his priorities. And the thing is, as Gaz said, he backs himself to uh, probably get his arm around certain players. Mm -hmm. And I think Bele, he probably will have a sit down with and give one of his inspirational talks. That's one thing I've found with Ange so far is, you know, he can really get you pumped. You know, this is a guy that's come from the Scottish League. You know, other people are going, oh, it's the Farmers League. It doesn't really matter. But... You know, he's won it all. He backs himself. He's calling himself a winner in every single interview. And the other thing that we've not had for a long time in this club is someone that we can really buy into uh, yeah. as a man, not just a manager. And, you know, we've I, I likened it to on our podcast recently. I said, Conte and Jose were like having, you know, partners or girlfriends who are way too good looking for you. And they remind you all the time going, I'm better than you. And I will leave you at some point. And we're like, oh, thank you for being with me. Now Big Ange is like, listen, right, I'm ready to prove myself that I love you. And I'm going to show you that by putting my arm around you. So I, I'm excited to see what he can get out of Ndombele because we all know how good of a football player he is. He's just lazy and he's not connected. He doesn't feel anything. And he's the kind of person that won't do anything for anyone unless he feels a connection. Definitely. I thought it was a great clip on so on the socials that I just watched about an hour ago, about an hour or so ago, with him and James Madison. Uh, don't yeah. know if you've seen that. And yeah. you just think, you know, there's something about this guy that you're going to play for him. You really are. I think he's, I think he's managerial, from a managerial point of view, he's one-to-one coaching and the management, putting the arm around the shoulder, a bit Harry-esque at times, Harry Redknapp-esque at times. And I think I think that he's going to be really good for Tottenham. I've really got a good feeling about this, man. Really I, I, think, I think some of the players that obviously over the last couple of seasons haven't really performed, I, I think that those players have not come, become bad players overnight. And whether the systems haven't worked or uh, the managers have just not connected with the players. Um, like you said, I think... Um, maybe fits with managers and, and, and the actual team weren't right. And that's shown. Um, and now we've got somebody in that he actually wants to, he's, he's picking a ship that's starting to sink. And then he's going to, he's going to plug those holes and he's going to make the ship better and stronger and faster and more robust. Um, and we, we want to see that. And I think, when we look at some of the real problem areas last season, he's got a real job to do with, obviously, uh, the defence. Uh, but I think looking back at uh, last season, it was the, the whole squad as in as an 11 that really did underperform in that defensive avenue. Uh, it wasn't just the back three or, or the back five or whatever you want to call it. I, I think for me, the whole team, didn't really buy into the philosophy of the manager. And that's why we conceded so many poor goals last season. Richard, are you surprised that um, players like Davinson Sanchez 
are travelling to Australia because there's been so many reports <laughs> lately. Well, there's been so many reports lately about um, clubs offering Tottenham yeah, Hotspur right. for him, and he's and he's thinking about the move. Are you surprised that perhaps a younger player, one of the development players, haven't travelled instead? If we all chip in, if we all chip in on here, do you reckon we could just get rid of him anyway? <laughs> just like pay him, pay off his contract. I want a double fee and get Dyer in that mixer as well. <laughs> the thing is, Chris. The thing is, Chris. There's there's no academy players coming through defensively. Who's come through defensively from the academy over the last few years? But so what for, my someone point go, for someone to go and bridge that gap is going to be extremely difficult. I think Davinson Sanchez won't be at Tottenham this year, and I think but for the, for the Spurs fans just seeing him going on a tour, don't don't be don't be. Don't let that sort of pull you down a bit because he won't be playing with Tottenham next year, 100%. Yeah. I'd, he's, linked with, he's, he's linked with a move to Russia. He's linked with a move to Galatasaray late. So something's going to happen. And I think Tottenham, will probably have to, they're going to have to cut their losses on it because I don't think you're going to get more than 10, 15 million pounds for him. But he definitely yeah. won't be at Spurs next year. Yeah, for sure. And I think when you look at the, the defence over the last couple of years and the the real issues we've had against the top four, top six sides with the likes of Davis, Dyer, Sanchez, etc. Not they're not good enough. If we yeah, if, if if we've if we've got aspirations to 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 climb back into that top four, then we need to have players that we believe are at that standard that that we can have uh, the real honest conversation with ourselves and say these players can take us to the next level. Continually, time after time, have underperformed. It's time to move them on. Yeah, that picture, the picture you showed at the start of the show, Chris. Of James Madison and Kane was like, oh, this is amazing. Fantastic. And then there's Dyer. Oh. You're like, bro, <laughs> there he is. Look at that. Look You're two absolute goats. So there's, there's the guy at the end is like, hey, Spurs play have made a documentary about me. I don't want to watch an Eric Dyer documentary. I'll tell you what, as well, you know, the manager, he's looking at that and you think, like, he's going to plonk himself alongside two marquee players for us next year, two very important players where you're hoping Harry But that's what he in. thinks of himself. Exactly. He thinks himself. That's exactly. That's what that's the league he puts himself in. Listen, Eric Dyer... He puts himself he, in that category. He, he's a fraud because he looks the part. He's got the haircut. He does the Hugo bus signings. He's, oh, I'm a nutter. I'm going to have a fight for my brother. <laughs> and then he goes on the pitch and he's just useless. Like, See, see I'm, and, I'm, not, I'm not from the elk. I, I think he's, really? he's he didn't have a great... He had he had spits and sparks, uh, starts last, last year where you kind of thought... He's an international player, but I don't think we've ever found a position for him that we can feel comfortable with. Obviously, when he came to the club, um, was he a holding midfielder? Was he a centre-back? What's his best position? I think defensively, as a centre-back, he's not mentally capable of that position. Exactly. I think yeah, I think he technically is capable. I think technically is is quite yeah, capable, capable for whole. He loves the Hollywood past, doesn't he? He loves yeah. He loves the Hollywood one. He looks for it all the time. But when it don't pay off, you got to stop doing it. And remember, when he did play as like a holding midfielder, it was next to Musa Dembele. Now, yeah, if I exactly, played yeah. next to Musa Dembele, I'd look good. Definitely. Yeah, that's it. And I think obviously, like when um, when Toby was at the club, and obviously Toby was doing those those kind of long long balls uh, to Harry. Them. Yeah, and executing. I mean, yeah, where obviously Dyer's maybe been asked to uh, play that that role, but obviously very poor uh, technically in, in obviously those long passes. So I think in, in some respects, I think he's been played out of his, his best position. Majestic, out of the players that have travelled, who do you think will be the surprise packages in, 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 this, uh, in this squad? 
Um, will Ange Postacoglu, can Ange Postacoglu get the best out of someone like Tongi on Dombele? Because as Gaz said, it doesn't mean anything really that some of the players like Sanchez have travelled. It doesn't mean that they're going to get Premier League minutes and even be a Spurs player next season. But do you see, can you see on Dombele wearing the Premier League badge for Tottenham Hotspur again? I think I can, you know, and I, and I know a lot of people have, have written him off, but I'm such a man for the underdog. I love back in the underdog until the bitter end. And I think I've seen enough of him in spouts to see that he is a very talented footballer. And you speak to any professional that's played with him, and I've spoke to some of the players about him. And even you speak to Danny Rose, and he talks about Endombele and how good of a player he is. So technically, we know how good he is. It's like, if we can get him to buy into something, and again, as a footballer, you know, uh, as Richard says, as an elite sports person himself, you know it's all it's, it's mental. If if you can win the battle mentally and you buy into something, you buy into your coach's philosophy, you believe that what they tell you is going to help you become better and help you win, then you'll give it 100% and you will get fit and you will do the yards. And the thing is as well, the kind of football that I'm expecting Ange to play, and I've spoke to a lot of Celtic fans about this and the way he likes to play, you know, they're all very confident that, you know, Ndombele can suit his style because he will have protection. And, you know, and for me, that's what, play to people's strengths. And that's what I found that, you know, the likes of, you know, Conte and Jose didn't do. They didn't play to people's strengths. They they weakened us. And as Richard said, we shipped a lot of goals last year. And yeah, of course, having the woeful defence that we've got hasn't been helpful. But the style of football that just allows people to come on, on top of us, anyone's going to panic, even if you're a Premier League footballer, because that game moves so fast and you're moving the ball around side to side. You know, you're going from Hoybier to Skip. And as, as soon as Ben Tancourt got um, injured, there was no one that could change that passage of play to go forward. So it's, it, we just invited pressure on us. Ndombele is so good on the ball. You try and win the ball off him. You, you look at those old clips. Yeah, look, mate, he's definitely he's got a pedigree. He's got a lot of ability. But can you rely on him for a 38-game season? And that's the problem because you need to turn up the training every single day and apply yourself and apply yourself again. And when the going gets tough, you have to look at yourself. I don't know if I don't know if you're going to get that from well, this man. I, but as I said, I do. I think that this that looking at the manager and the way he is, he'll see that as well, a project for himself. Stephen says Ndombele hasn't performed under three or four managers, including managers in other countries. And that's exactly why it could be a reason why Ange will think he can I get, get that. But the good thing with Ange is he'll have a look in Australia. He'll work with him. He'll see his attitude, and he'll just make a decision. I agree. So he's that's the one yeah. good thing with Ange. I think he doesn't take any nonsense. He's not here to yeah. to like look after anyone. He's just going what I need to do. What, what needs to happen. So we, we shall see. Other people, you know, even people like Roden, who I don't think have actually had a proper go at the club. I know you disagree. Give him a go. Let's see. If, 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 if the managers see something in a player that, you know, is something he can use for his formation. Remember, as well, this is different for us. We've, we've yeah. had this 5 three, 2 nonsense for so long that we're going to a different style now and some people might be better suited to it. So... We, we shall see. Like, obviously, everyone's looking at Ndombele. Let's, we, we forget about Lo Celso. The, the guy's an Argentinian international. The link with Barcelona today. You know, like, there's a reason why he plays for Argentina. So, again, it's, it's managers and what can you get the best out of them. But, you know, what's exciting as well about this preseason is seeing the likes of Madison and Kane link up. And, you know, all the talk of Kane and is he going or not. I think all the Spurs fans have been confident that he's staying for at least another year and giving us that final year. And he looks excited by having Madison around him. You know what? And getting players excited again is something that's really important for me because um, that is, I think, was missing from us last season. The lack of excitement. You can see when the lads enjoy the football. 
at the end of the season with Conte, when Kulu was on fire, so was Son. They was all enjoying themselves together up that front. And then as soon as everyone seemed like they weren't enjoying it, it's just heads down and they didn't enjoy it. We didn't enjoy it. And I think it's just a fresh start for everyone, Chris. Guys, I get um, Majestic's uh, excitement as well. And Postacoglio, I think, is a, a breath of fresh air at the moment. And a lot of Spurs fans were extremely happy when the Madison uh, announcement came out. Um, but since then, um, a lot of Spurs fans are now asking that question, where are the centre-backs? Do you think we're going to sign a couple of real quality centre-backs in this transfer window? Are you confident? Absolutely. I do think that we need to be patient. I think that Tottenham have... Pan- I think that Tottenham... That might sound a little bit silly because you look at the way that we go about our business and we normally leave it to the wire to get things done to sort of save the pennies. But I think this recruitment at Tottenham needs to be right. We can't afford to have a situation where we bring players Don't rush in. it. We can't bring players in and we're having in a situation where we're going, he's not good enough. Six months down the line or another year. So you need to get the right ones. So um, look, you look we, we, there's a lot of criticism that myself and all Spurs fans give the club for recruitment. Um, it's not been good enough. So it needs to be better. So if you need to take a little bit longer to be sure on the signings and to be sure on the players that you're bringing in, take your time. There's still a long, long time before the window closes. Yeah. Hell of a long time. Ideally, you want your players in for this tour and for your, and for your friendlies. But it's not always the reality. So I think we need to be a bit patient. And Tottenham will bring in a couple of centre-halves for sure. Just, just a matter of time. Just when. Gaz, this might be a really silly question, but how big well, is this rebuild for Postacoglu? Um, do you know what? I, I, I'm I'm quite positive about Spurs in a way because I'm looking at Richarlison and Basuma, and I said this on my own podcast. Them yeah. two are new signings for me. Yeah, done nothing last year. They're not going to be any worse. Richarlison ain't going to get one league goal this year, that's for sure. Um, you're looking at um Basuma. He looks very very confident. Looks happy in training. Looks like a different player. Come been quite vocal in what he's been saying about the season ahead as well. And I think we've got two good players there. And don't get me wrong, if you can get Kulusevsky back playing the way he did before last season, Sonny had a hernia injury last year. So if he can get over that and get going properly, Harry just doing Harry, Richarlison turning up, Basuma, Bentancar coming back from injury, Poro, add a few. You've got, you got to be start looking a bit. It's got, long you combine that with a new manager we're all buying into, you've got to look at it positively from the, out, from, from, from the, from the get-go. If six to eight games time ain't worked out, then pull it apart then. As a Spurs fan now, be positive. Going into a new season, everyone's on zero points from that first game. Let's have it. Right. Genuinely. Rich, how are you feeling? Are you feeling excited as a Spurs fan right now? <laughs> uh, well, obviously you knew what I was uh, what I was feeling when we had Mourinho and Nuno and I think Conte just, yeah, the, the style of play was was not great and even when we were up to fourth, it was you could kind of see the free fall coming, and you could um, you could see that it just wasn't working. The, the relationship wasn't working. I think at the moment the, the messages out of the club are different. It's a different. It's a new start. It's a fresh start. It's a fresh approach. Um, I think we're going to see a, a, a different style um, on the pitch. Um, I'm sure we all remember that. North London derby when we're three 0 down at half time and you kind of go, what the hell am I watching here? Like this is like the, the worst kind of team, worst performance we've ever seen at at home. And then I kind of since then and since obviously the end of the season, I've kind of 
thought about what I'm seeing as, as, as a professional athlete, but also kind of seeing as how do you move forwards? And it's that philosophy. The philosophy needs to change. And that's mm. why they've gone in a different direction with the manager. And uh, I can see why the boys are, are really excited, obviously. And just had a lot of experience in other leagues. Um, coming to the Premier League, it's it's about having that template uh, and then rolling out that template and really believing in your in your process. If you listen to what he says, he talks about there might be uh, times when it might be quite tough in the beginning, but then we need to stick with it because he believes in what he, what he delivers and he, he promises a certain style of play. And that's important. It's important that you believe that and you don't kind of just jump on the, the first bad result or the first poor, poor 45 minutes. Where last season, in the first 45 minutes, we might as well have been in the changing rooms because we never turned up. Never turn. It's terrible. But that's terrible. Uh, so philosophy's changed. New template. I think um, the players that buy into it will stay. The others will leave. Um, but hopefully we can get rid of the players that we should have got two, two or three uh, seasons ago, like the like the um, Davidson Sanchez and the, maybe the Dyers and maybe the Davids of this world. But we need to have. I think in that area we need to have leaders. We've lacked leaders in the past. Um, I don't think. Uh, Hugo was ever vocal enough uh, on the pitch. I, I don't even Harry. I don't think we need to have a centre back or um, a strong player in the centre of the park that really dominates the play from the pitch side, as in leadership. And I want I want to see real leadership this year in the Spurs uh, first eleven. Majestic. Who are the leaders in the Tottenham camp at the moment? So it's a hard one. As Richard said, I think our club captain isn't vocal enough. He's definitely not a captain for me. Eric Dyer pretends he's a leader, but he's not. Um, you know, Harry leads by example, but he's not very vocal. Um, obviously, there's a big big talk of, of Hoybier going. Um, he is a leader for me. You look at him, he does have the leader capabilities, and you have seen him riling up at the other players during certain games. But, you know, his yeah. performances at the end of last season were dreadful. As soon as Ben Tancor was out, you know, he was shot to pieces. Realistically, you know, for future, you know, James Madison is a future captain. James Madison is really good. He's a good talker. So we, we need to see that. But, you know, it's it's going to take a whole team to change that. As, as Richard said, it's the philosophy. And I'd like to see Romero as a captain of Spurs, personally. Yeah, but he again, he then needs to settle. He, but what, what, what he needs to do is he needs to cool his head a little bit. Yeah, That's but that, part of his game. But, but also that comes from last year with, with Kuti. He... He'd given up. They'd all, they'd all, they all just did not get into it. Conte lost the change of room. He's looking around thinking, I'm an Argentinian World Cup winner, right? Why am I here? So he needs to get refined his sort of focus in Spurs because when he is on and he needs to play with someone better, there's a lot of comments in the uh, in the comment section about the centre backs and as Spurs fans, we really do panic. Oh my God, there's no centre backs yet. There's no centre backs. To get these deals done, it does take a long time. You know, look at Arsenal with Declan Rice. Declan Rice was still having it large in O Beach last week. He ain't signed it yet. You know, like it does take a while to get it's not this is big business that people are doing. It doesn't just happen. Like so we can't afford to get it wrong. Yeah, yeah. We can't, we can't, we can't afford to get it wrong. And like it will happen. It will happen. You just we just need to all be a little bit patient. And I know it's difficult. Yeah, but, but, we, we, but, we need to be but I, I do think it's very clear by all the talks that are happening that we are looking to sign these two centre-backs. Arguably, apart from, say, what Eric Dyer in that in that back line, who's a question mark, none of them players will be playing for Tottenham next year. Adamant about that. 
Majestic. Perisic is sorry, sorry, Chris. Perisic has turned up for training. You see his look on his face when he turned up. He couldn't be anywhere worse in the world. He can't wait to get out the door. He won't be there. He's linked with a move back to Croatia. Sanchez is. It's just going to take time for these people to fall off. I, I, I'm, I'm in a place where I'm not too worried about players leaving the club. I'm really not. Like that's that's as as our fans, we can't control it. Don't 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 worry about that. It will happen. Just they're not going to be playing the Spurs next year. If they are, then there should be a boycott. But I, I I have to trust this new process. I have to trust that Big Ange sees these players and goes, "No, nah, not for me." And there'll be the hierarchy there going, "No, we've seen this too often." Now. There's a lot of people that know their football at that football club. You know what I mean? We talk a lot about new centre-backs. Who do you think is the first-choice left-back and the first-choice right-back currently? Well, that's a great question, isn't it? Again, that all depends on systems. Because if you're going to play with four at the back, you might even it say that like Emerson... It. Yeah, well, you might even say that Emerson Royale would be a shout over Poro because Poro defensively looked absolutely awful at the end of last season. But going forward, he's so good. But again, speaking to... Celtic fans, they always say that he plays with inverted wingers. So then all, then all of a sudden, you're like, well, okay, then, then Poro might be a shout. So it's really... And then again, with, with Destiny coming in, who, you know, looks a real good prospect, but the Premier League is a complete different ball game to Serie A. So it's like, do you throw him in the deep end and go, let's let's try that? Um, so it's, it's really difficult to, to... And I think this is why, you know, this pre-season, with the players that we've got already... Is really interesting because he's going to give them a go, see what works best in his in his system, and that's how we we will find out who's going to be best suited for those positions. Playing this system is going to be so different to what we're used to, and the the lads are going to really find it tough to change that 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 mentality of where they've been before, because when you're going to have to be uh, in a four, you know you you can't be exposed in the way that you can sometimes when you've got three three centre backs. Yeah, so the reason I asked that question is because Destiny Udoji um, has most of his career played as a left wing back and not a left back. And it always seems that whatever manager we've had, we've gone out and spent money on these players and then we've changed the manager very quickly after and then we play a different system. Um, Emerson Royale being one of them, he's asked to be you know, a, uh, a right wing back when we bought him when we had a back four. Um, do you think he's going to fit in to be our left back for next season at the start of the Premier League season? That one I've got my question marks over because there's, there's been, I've been listening to people in his team talking about it, there was a possibility that it wasn't, it wasn't a given. He was actually going to come back to Spurs and start this season. But I think Regulon's got a chance. I think they'll be having a look at him again. Um, but also, if they bring this Van der Ven in, he can play as a left back as well. So if you're bringing in Tapsoba to play in as a, a centre half, and maybe Van der Ven could go to the left hand side as a left back. There's options there, but I do think that Regulon's definitely got a chance, but he needs to knuckle down and prove himself because he fell off at the end for me at Tottenham. It become too much about him and his missus on, on Instagram and social media. He needs to concentrate on the football a bit more. But I do think his missus is high class, honestly. She's a fantastic looking bird, but we've got to concentrate on the football a little bit from time to time. And I think he lost his way a little bit. He lost his way a little bit for me. It's all that, it's all that uh, what's it called, cured ham that they had during lockdown. It went to his head. Yeah, yeah. I bet you yeah, follow her on, on Instagram, Gaz, didn't you? Sorry, mate. You follow her. Nah, she follows me, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I think when you when you um when you look at going back to your question about obviously left and right backs, I think 
and you want to have players that play in multiple positions. So that's why he's obviously looking options uh, that can be very versatile. And I think also his system will change depending on um, teams that we do play. And that was one of my one of my concerns under Conte. He played a very similar system at home and away, and it didn't work. Um, so hopefully he can have that squad, dynamic squad that a player can play two or three different positions. Um, play the players in their best position, but then have that versatility as well to enable and to have some real options, especially in-game options as well, and have those impact players come in off the bench. I always talk about having the, the weapons on the bench to kind of come on and have that impact at maybe 60 or 70 minutes when it rather we're, we're drawing or we need to have some kind of penetration through the lines. And I think that's where... And Dumbele might play that part. Richard, have you been impressed so far with our transfer business? Because, of course, Vigario's come in, uh, Solomon and Madison. Uh, of course, Poro and Kulusevsky's uh, deals have been made permanent as well. Um, with James Madison, how much of a difference is he going to make to that Tottenham Hotspur team? Because I remember, like, last season, every single podcast after a game would come on and say, lack creativity. Is he going to be the real difference for us? Well I, well, I think, um, whew, is it going to be the real difference? I think when you look at, obviously, the difference he made into a really poor Leicester squad last season um, and uh, the amount of assists and the, the opportunities he created for a poor front line for Leicester last season, I think he's obviously broke into the England squad after, um, personally, a, a very good uh, season. I think um, in front of goal, dead ball as well. How many times have we been crying for somebody to, when the ball's placed down for a free kick, Kane don't take it. James is going to kind of get his hands on that ball, I'm sure, and maybe put a couple in the top left and right corners. Uh, so that's going to have an impact. But also, I think when, because last season we were very predictable, um, what was going to happen and it was going to be, kind of we're going to absorb a lot of pressure and then break well I think now we're able to build through the lines we're able to uh, have somebody in the middle of the park that isn't Harry that's not I think Harry will uh, uh, be better in front of the the post as well I think he's possibly be able to score more goals because of the introduction into in Madison in, in the starting 11 and also not not um, just down the lines, I think Madison will be a more vocal point that we can utilise as well. So I, I think it's a great signing. I think Andrew's real honesty with him from the start around um, uh, how Spurs are going to be seen this season and saying, actually, if you're not part of it, you'll see a different Spurs. I think that was a great thing to do, um, which we've not had that honesty before. I always talk about trust and honesty within the team. And uh, I think that's what he brings, which is totally different. Majestic, surely James Madison now has to be on the Tottenham free kicks. Absolutely. Well, I'm just looking at some stats here, Chris. I, I love a stat. Uh, and I'm just comparing James Madison to Ericsson because he said it in his, his first interviews. He talked so highly of Christian Ericsson. And for me, yeah. we never replaced Ericsson. We haven't replaced him. I think we finally have. If you look at... Uh, Madison against Christian, 163 versus 265 appearances. So Christian's had 100 more. He scored, Madison scored 43 goals and Christian scored 53. So he's 10 less 
and, and yeah. 100 games more for Christian. And in terms of assists, 32 assists versus 74, you know, when you've got Harry Kane in front of you, assisting is going to be a joy because Harry will find the space. And the other thing is for us, which is exciting, is that we're going to see Harry not have to do everything himself, not have to drop deep and find yeah. those passes. And the, um, you know, the link up between him, not just Harry, but Son and Kudu either side. When when they came to um, the to, to Spurs last season, me and Gaz were there first oh, first yeah. half watching Madison. He had okay. almost a bit of a free roll in that number 10. And it was a joy. It was a joy to watch. Like we were getting battered and it was just, he was ripping us apart. And he, he has got such such a vision of the game. And I think this step up for him, he's going to really want to impress. You know, he's a guy that really wants to be in that England fold. He sees himself as a, you know, a top, top player. So he is going to want to do good. And obviously, as, as we said on the podcast before, Gaz, I, it was, I'm the reason we signed James Madison. <laughs> last year I was going to ask that. I was going to ask that. What was he like in Ibiza? Yeah, last season in Ibiza, I saw him and I'm like, Madders, we need you at Spurs. He goes, he actually said, I'd love to come. What is that word? And then I started doing my Brendan Rodgers impression too. I'm very proud of you, James. Very proud of you. But if you keep going all beach, you're not coming back to my club. And he was like, hey, this sounds too real. But yeah, you know, he was singing Glory, Glory Tottenham Hotspur with me in O Beach last season. So I, I planted the seed. But yeah, it's going to be exciting. And you know what? What's really interesting is reading the comments tonight. And, you know, some, some of the people that are feeling negative about Spurs right now, the way to look at it is like this. This is a fresh start for us all. It can't get any worse because... It, that style of football has just left us all feeling like this. Just Madison alone, that one signing alone, transforms the way that we're going to play this football. Because the reason why we've looked so woeful defensively, right, is is because we've invited pressure on time and time again with a very average to poor defence. When you remove that pressure and you're on the front foot, you're going at team. The amount of times we've sat there, guys, at Spurs, we've gone, why are we not going at this team? Yeah, we've just scored a goal. Why? Bournemouth, when we went up against Bournemouth, and we just, again, sat back and they went and burned and beat us. I think someone like Madison, you know, dictating the play in that park, it's just going to be so fun to watch. And the thing is, as well, when, you know, when you've got that person in Madison that you can trust with the ball in the centre of your midfield, the defenders can just give it to him and not have to play around at the back all the time the way they have done and just keep inviting pressure on. So I, I'm so excited to see Madison just because we've lacked that player for so long. And you can see already from, from Harry, even that, that picture you put up at the start, Harry's excited to play with him because he knows that this guy is going to look for him. And, and Mad, Madders would have said to him, Harry, I'm, I'm going to assist you non-stop. Uh, catch fire that combination. Oh yeah, That'll absolutely. Catch fire for sure, it, definitely. That's there's going to be some serious chemistry between them. Too. And don't forget, you've already got the the, the combo of, of Kane and Son. You throw that guy into the mixer, it's going to be unbelievable. I did see again. O Beach is the place for the footballers. I saw a Leicester player, Luke Thomas, of course, European champion uh, with, with England uh, on where was it Monday? Because he's good friends with our statman. He went to school with our statman on the podcast, and. The, the stuff he was saying to me about Madders, he goes, you don't understand how good this footballer is. He was just like, what he's going to do for Harry Kane? He goes, imagine if we had Harry Kane last year at Leicester. He goes, we wouldn't have gone down. He goes, because Madders made 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 the balls. It's an exceptional bit of business from the chairman. Oh, it is. To bring him in for that amount of money. What is it, Con 40 million? Considering Mason Mount's gone for 60, 70 and Declan Rice has gone for 105. It's great. It's great business. Definitely. On that point, Gaz, are you surprised that Spurs have not appointed a director of footballs yet? Um, that's a difficult question, Chris. But 
it all depends on the. It's all it all depends on what the manager thinks. He might have. He might. He might like enjoying. He might enjoy having a bit more of a, of a say himself. Um, I think there's been been a clear structure at Spurs where obviously the previous director of football, sporting directors, whatever you want to call them, they have obviously they identify the personnel that they want to bring into the club. Um, I think this man's got a bit more of a of a say. Um, I think he calls a few more shots over there, so that might be one of the reasons why it's a bit slow at the minute in appointing someone. You just don't know, really, unless you're on the ground. What do you think about that, Chris? I think Spurs are actively looking for a director of football, um, and and it's funny because, of course, Daniel Levy gets a lot of criticism from the Tottenham Hotspur fans, but that James Madison deal um, excited and does excite a lot of people. Um, the way that Majestic talks about James Madison, you know, it makes anybody excited about going. Uh, <laughs> going forward as a football club. But when you think that Harry Kane scored 30 goals in 38 Premier League games in a struggling side that finished eighth out of European places last season, what on, earth, what on earth are they going to do next season? And as you rightly said earlier, guys, like players like Richarlison, players like Hunmin Son, underperformed, didn't really get chances um, last season. They're going to be like new signings. Basuma is another one. Benson Kerr when he comes back. So there is some excitement. Um, I don't think we're going to struggle for scoring goals, but... It is about defensive reinforcements for me, um, but I am confident that Spurs will get in some. It just depends on on what kind of quality that we do get in. Um, Gaz, let me come back to you. Um, right. Vicario, the goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, your thoughts on him? Are you excited? Definitely. I'm a bit strange how he's been given number 13. I'm not yeah. too sure what, what, what the thinking is behind that. We've seen, obviously, what's happening with Loris today, um, being left behind. He's not travelled, so... He's been, he's been told he can look for a club. He's going to come in and be number one. Vicario, for sure. Look, me and, me and Madge said on our own podcast, if Buffon's talking about you and, and waxing lyrical about you, you listen as a fan because yeah. like, that is one of the goats when it comes to goalkeepers. So I think, look, again, it comes back to recruitment. We've been asking to, that the recruitment needs to be better. We might have identified a gem there and not paid a premium. Only time will tell. But you've got to get behind the signing. And I'm fully behind it. And uh, I don't think we're going to have another Galini case. Let's just put it that way. I think this guy's a bit of... Well, let's hope he stays off the roof of yeah, the Spurs you know, and don't do that, a rap video. Start. Let's, let's stay away from the rap videos and concentrate on doing a few saves. But look, Tottenham are going to have a clear philosophy. Hugo Lloris struggled big time from, the, from his feet, didn't he? That was a big, big problem from Tottenham. If you're a fan over there, how many heart attacks are going around the ground watching some of that tippy-tappy out the back? <laughs> so you've got to be capable of moving it around from the back. That's just a modern-day goalkeeper. Um, I think we I think we might have a good goalkeeper for sure. But as I said, only time will tell. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Richard, as Gaz said there um, about Hugo Lloris, um, his last game for Spurs was that first half, 5-0 down against Newcastle at St. James's Park. Um, how would you describe 
his time at Spurs. And uh, it just seems like a sad time to leave. Um, the, the fact that his last appearance was that game. Yeah, and, and obviously being a World Cup winner as well and being in that experience of winning uh, major honours for his country, you'd expect him to uh, brought that more to a, a Spurs team and, and really lift some of the players. Um, he showed some like real kind of fantastic moments, but like the boys were saying, that very weak on the, on the floor. Um, uh, when... The pressures actually around him just didn't look very comfortable at all. Um, and yeah, last season was found out, even in his shot stopping as well. And I would, I'd be like shouting the praises about Hugo's like shot stopping before last season, but very poor last season. And I think he stayed probably a season too much, and that's impacted his legacy um, that he's had with the club. But um, yeah, I think I, I think Spurs have had the players and really kind of kept them too long and Hugo's been one of them and maybe because he's been obviously the captain as well that's had an impact on that um we should have gave that to somebody else um but hopefully with the new keeper that's come in he's young um he's brave uh which he'll need to be um i think he's he's, he's going to be a keeper that would 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 marshal the defense and 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 from the back um and obviously coveted by a lot of Italian teams. I know Inter, obviously, they were looking to pinch him off offers before he came. So, yeah, exciting. Exciting and unfortunate for Hugo to have left in those circumstances. Majestic, Brian Hill hasn't made the plane uh, due to a back injury. Do you think he will be Do you think he'll be in a Spurs shirt again in the future or do you think Spurs will look to offload him? It's a strange one with him, isn't it? Like, um, me and Gaz have this section on the podcast where we just go, hey. Bite. This seems to be his journey at Spurs. It's like, one minute it's hey, and it's bite. But like, literally, when he done his, his signing on videos, just like, Brian Hill, hi. And that was it. Bye. And it's just like, oh, hi. And then next minute, he's gone somewhere else. Like, oh, bite. So, hi, bye. I, I don't know with him it's going to be a hire or a bye. But he really does look like a good little player. I just think, you know, that, that the age-old saying of get on the weights, mate? Oh, yeah. He needs to get down the gym. He needs, he needs to get down Monster Gym in Cheson. For a year and, and get pumping because it's just too lightweight and it's just it, it, in the Premier League as, as nimble as you can be if you ain't got a bit of something about you that can bounce off those bodies it, it, it's going to be it's going to be difficult for him so you know in those positions especially with that Solomon coming in as well you've got Kulu you've got Sonny you know do, do, do we need a, another person maybe like I like him as, as a footballer as I say it's uh, it's a shame he's got injured before that tour, so you can see a bit about him and Big Ange could see what he's about. As I say, he's definitely got talent as a footballer and he, he can cut inside really well. But it's just it's just that uh, the weakness for me that's a problem. Just to go back to the, the, the stuff about Larice quickly, it's such a shame and sad that both De Gea and Larice are just going to sort of just fade off into the night from their clubs. Like he's been struggling. Well, yeah, but yeah. the hair's gone, and again, he's just gone in a bit. See, like I didn't get a video or anything, you know. Like, you yeah. know, like Lucas Mora got the big moment in the big send off. You know, I see uh, Aspilicueta getting a big moment in the send off. I know, obviously, he's won everything at Chelsea, but you know, with Lloris, he does he does deserve a little moment for Spurs because he has been an incredible servant. I, I likened it on our podcast to he is the family Labrador that you've loved for fourteen years, <laughs> but unfortunately, the day come you have to take him to the vets. You don't tell the kids about it, and you say, look. 
he keeps coming upstairs and pissing on the bed. Like, we can't <laughs> have him anymore. Like, that's what he's been. And, and you look at him and you look at the eyes, I'm sorry, boy, I don't want to do it, but I'm going to have to. And, that, and you're right, Richard, that's what we should have done last year. We should have said those goodbyes last year. But again, just to give Hugo a little out, and you know I like to give Hugo an out, is when you've got that defence in front of you, you're just going to get peppered in you because it's, it's it's not the days of Toby and Jan in front of you, is it? It's uh, this yeah. makeshift defence. I agree with you 100% there. Just to jump back on that quickly, Chris, about Brian Hill. I think that Solomon signing, that could well be the end for Brian Hill, that one. Let, right? Let's come on to Solomon in a minute, guys. I just wanted to ask, with Brian Hill, yeah, what would benefit him more? Another like loan abroad? Or would it be uh, would it be a loan in the Premier League, or would it be a loan to a Championship I'm, club? I'm, what would benefit I'm, him more? I've been amazed that Tottenham haven't loaned him to a Premier League club. Why are you sending someone out to Spain to go and do their work out there when it's really it can be it's a, it's it's different to football. Get him in the Championship. It's different. You get him in the Premier League. What the champs? Um, he's gone out there. He's picked up a Europa Europa League. Well, unbelievable for him. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, I just I, I think there's a bit of pedigree with a the player there, but I just can't see a future for him at Tottenham. Just really can't. Get him over Luton. Yeah, I just, I just can't really see a future. What do you do? Do you keep using the loan, the loan facility for someone like that? If it is going to be that route, Tottenham have to send him out on loan to someone in the Premier League. It can't be a ball. But he might not fancy that. And this is where the players have got control as well, that situation. If you don't want to go on loan to Bournemouth or Burnley or wherever it might be, you don't have to go. So the move's going to have to suit him. So it's a tough one, that. But yeah, we'll have to see. Guys, sorry, you are going to mention uh, Man of Solomon. Um, yeah. There didn't, there didn't seem to be a lot of excitement from a lot of Tottenham fans about this signing. Yeah, the reason why that is is because it's not got a £60 million price tag attached to it. This is what I keep saying. Just because there's not a 50 60 70 £80 million price tag attached to a transfer does not mean it's not going to be a success. Yeah, and Tino's really testament don't. to that it is really Brighton. Don't. We all look at Brighton and go, look at the amazing, the amazing stuff they're doing and, and, and the... They go under the radar with their players, and then all of a sudden they become 60, 70 million pound players. Go back, look at some of the deals of Deli Ali, how much we paid for him, Christian Eric, how much we paid for him. You look at the people that we've spent a hell of a lot of money on Richarlison, record signing, Undembele in that list, the Celso, all ain't pulled up. So um, time will tell. But I've, I've had a little look at him. I think he's got low trajectory. We said he, he reminds me of Aaron Lennon a little bit, goes on the outside, looks to beat his man, can cause danger. Um, might be a bit a good bit of business. Again, game times for him, opportunities. It's going to be limited for a lot of players this season because we're only playing one game a week, two if there's a Premier League game in midweek. So I think if if it, I don't I don't I don't I'm not sure this manager is going to start chopping and changing. I think if he finds his formula, he'll stick to that. So game opportunity is going to be difficult. I wanted to ask you all this question. We'll start with you, Rich. Out of the 31 players that have travelled on the plane to Perth, Australia, when the Premier League starts the Tottenham away at Brentford, how many of those 31 do you think would have been sold? <laughs> We're allowed to use a calculator for this, Christian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. But then, it's, but then it's the hardest thing is obviously getting clubs to take them anyway. And as we know that it's okay signing vast amounts of players, um, but it's not that easy to get rid of them, especially if you're on... This okay. sounds like a politician's answer. Yeah, well, you know what I'm like because I'm trying to think about my my answer as I'm chatting. Um, so I would probably say we're going to get rid of maybe four or five. I don't think it's going to be you can't in one window you can't shift twelve players. It's just unrealistic. Um, you just can't do it. Um, and there will be still players that we believe aren't up to 
up to standard that are still with us when the transfer window shuts. Um, and that's just going to happen, unfortunately, because we, we might not be able to shift them uh, on long contracts or whatever. And as we know, some players just run down the contracts as well. Uh, so I would say probably we'll get rid of, yeah, four or five of those players. Um, maybe Lo Celso will go. Um, I think defensively, two or three of those centre-backs will go. Um, and, yeah, we'll see, really. I, I, I just hope we keep our, our better players, um, create that real strong infrastructure and then uh, add some real gems. And hopefully this Solomon's one of them. The Ryan Sessignon situation is a really frustrating one for a Spurs fan. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm not being funny because this is a player that come in for, what, 20, 25 million pounds from Fulham. Real world pedigree. Just hasn't hit the ground running at all under different yeah. managers. And he has had games. He's been yeah. injury prone. And you're looking at that. And that was a player for me that would, well, it was crucial that he left the club this summer. Linked with Nottingham Forest. We have a couple of Norris fans that listen to our pod saying he's been linked heavily with a move there. But yeah. he gets himself injured and he's not going to be available and he is not going to be picked up now. So you're going to be left with a player till January at the minimum. He's not going to be fit, so he's probably not going to go then. And you've got a player at the club who is hoping to probably move on and he's going to be sticking around. And that's a tough one to take that one. Because he, yeah, I think Sessanon for, for me. Yeah, Sessanon for me was always frustrating because I think in the final third, just didn't look confident enough. Just not didn't. Had so many opportunities when uh, obviously him and Sonny were kind of interlinking and then it'd be one-on-one with a keeper and then blaze it wide or just confidence really lacking and whether that's the relationship with the past managers and him. Um, obviously, I know Mourinho was, was saying at the time that he's, he's, he's going to be an England international for, for the next decade or something, whatever he said. I, um, I just didn't really see it. I didn't really see it. I, th- I think for me, he came in um, with a lot of expectation and he's delivered none of it. Yeah, it's bomb. Majestic, I can tell that you've got a long list of players. 30, the, these 31 players, how many do you think will be sold before the start of the Premier League season for Tottenham? Well, first of all, just looking at some of the comments as well, shout to Paul Russell. You know, everyone keeps going on about the two centre-halves that we need to bring in, yeah? And everyone is so... Listen, it doesn't take a rocket science scientist to work out that if you change the style of your football, you are not going to invite so much pressure onto you. So everyone just needs to chill out about the center after for a second. I believe we're going to get them in. But even, and this ain't God help us if it happens, but even if Eric Dyer and Davison Sanchez were our back two center-offs, just changing the style of football and I being more attacking with us. No, you st- no I'm not going to. Yeah, let's, 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 let's not go there, Dyer and Sanchez. I'm not going to say that. As if I think we're going to play them. The yeah, obviously, I'm, it's hypothetical. Okay. Obviously, well. I'm saying that regardless of the, 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 the regardless of the personnel, you change the style, then you're going to change the, the the amount of goals you're going to let in because we're not going to be under so much pressure. But back to what I was saying about the the players that are going to be, as uh, as Richard said. You know, you got to be realistic. These people, they can't just get rid of them like that. They're yeah, on big contracts. They're not just going to walk out the door. Also, for them, they might be like, I'm getting X amount of money a week. Why do I need to go see out my contract? That's what they're there for. Contracts are there to protect players as well as it is to protect clubs. But, you know, already, it's good signs. Winksy's out the door, for example. That's a great sign for me. Great start. Like, there are heavy links with Davison Sanchez, etc. Galatasaray, 9 mil, whatever. Take the money, go. Like... Let's let's get it moving, but it is going to take a period of time. 
and there will be players there. And the other thing is as well, having a, a, a lot of people in, in a squad, a lot of players, sometimes with injuries and that, you might need the depth in squad. But you can't just sell 20-odd players. It ain't going to happen. But I'd like to see, before the window's out, realistically, realistic hopes is Davidson Sanchez, gone. Um, I'd say Sangangai don't gone as well. He needs to go now. He's done. I just can I just can sense that Eric Dyer will still be there, like being the fraud that he is, looking great with his with his. Eric skinny. Dyer's going to be there, unfortunately. I know he is. However, isn't he? however much that disappoints me to say that, because I'm not having Eric Dyer. I didn't have him a long time ago. I think he I think he's just been not good enough. We need to improve on him. And all this one about a squad player coming and let you down as a squad player. So I'm not having Eric Dyer at all. I think Tanganga will leave, and I think players will leave. I think Tanganga will. Leave. Well, like, yeah, again, again think, for their own for their own yeah, time, they, for their own playtime. Some of them they need their own playtime. These time. are the types of deals that are going to go down to the wire, though, isn't it? Because you're going, they're going to have to want to, they're going to have to want to go to the <laughs> club that, that, that they're being linked with. Um, the money's got to be right, whatever it might be. So there's a lot that goes on in it. In it. But I, I'm confident that Spurs will. Will shift a load of players, yeah. Do you reckon we might see a similar deal to say something like Matt Doherty? Got paid up, got just gone, didn't he? Just like end contract done. Because I'm not against that for a couple of these boys because they, if they're going to be sitting around, pay the deals up. So it, but, it, that, that, what we've spoken about about Perisic, Gaz. Um, would you be disappointed to see Perisic leave the football club because no. it, it provided a number of assists for us last season and uh, as one of you also mentioned earlier about Pierre Mihoibier, um, would you be disappointed to see him leave because he's been an important player for us recently yeah look you know what it is and i'll go into a debate here i don't mind if, if, if i do chris but if i'm choosing between him and skip and this might split opinion so if you've got ben Tancor, basuma madison if you're going to use him as a in the midfield role there and then one other i'm having hoibiog over skip personally but Huibio is going to probably generate a bit more money for you at this particular time so if you're looking to free up a bit more funds to use or players are in and around the squad. Um, that might be the thing. But I think that Hoiberg is not going to want to be a sub player at Tottenham. I, th- I, th- I think you, you need to look look a little bit deeper than that. I think Hoiberg, mm-hmm. if, if we're saying we want to be a top four side, would Hoiberg be in your first 11? Skip. No. And what need would Skip? But Skip is, is, is a player that can develop. And obviously, you look at I don't him think so. Well, I disagree with you there because I just think that I'm looking at the basic tools that he's got all of a skip. And I think it only goes so far. And I just think that Harry Winks is probably four or five years in front of Skip where he was. Similar types of player, get the ball, move it sideways, energy. That's your opinion. That's what football's all about. It's all about opinions. But I just I just don't see that. But um, I think if I had to pick one of them, I would probably go Hoiberg. What, over Skip? Yeah. All day. Skip's... As we call him, he's a Bobby Basic. I think so, yeah. And he's been confirmed as a Bobby Basic. I'm, we get a bit I'm not going to wait because he's one of our own. I'm not going to. I'm not going to bait up his teammate, but someone that plays football with him on a regular basis. I said, please confirm to me, is Skip a Bobby Basic footballer? Because me and Gaz call him the Bobby Basic. Or do you think he's a good player? He goes, he'll pass left, he'll pass right, and he'll tackle. What? Yeah. And, mate, that, and that's exactly the words of his teammate. I'm not saying that Huibiog's the answer, Rich. Far from it. Yeah. But what I'm saying is he's probably on the verge of joining Atletico Madrid for probably what? Going to be about 30 million? Really? Yeah. It's not going to be It's not going to be for cheaper than that, is it, Chris? It's going to be what? Around about 30 million pounds? Might have a million or whatever. It's yeah. great business. Atletico Madrid. Yeah. Then you got, you're going to play along with Simeone. I'm looking at Skip at the minute. He couldn't get in the England under 21s team in the Euros. 
So that's a player that's been playing a hell of a lot of football for Spurs second half of the season. And if you're not getting in that team, the under-21s team, that's a bit of a problem for me. But as I said, I think that Basuma and Bentancourt, when they both come back, they're going to be the starters there. And you got Pepe Saar. Yeah, you got Saar there. So, but I just think I'm not. It's not a knock on Oliver Skip there. I just think we got. If you're gonna, if you're gonna pull up Weibo, you're gonna have to pull him up as well a little bit. That's just my opinion. You you mentioned Saar there. Do you think he'll get much Premier League game time next season? Depends on injuries. I think he's he's probably second in command than he under like the Basumas, even the Hoybiers if they stay. Um, I, I love this Elaine Elaine Gibson just to go back onto it. Uh, Skip is a top young player. Based on what, Elaine? Elaine, please in the comments elaborate on him being a top young player. Based on what? The fact he's a good role model and doesn't leave his room when he's on tour. Like apart from that, <laughs> like. That doesn't make you an elite football player. No, but look, this is an interesting debate. But like, where, where Rich? Obviously, you're a fan of Skip there, or you obviously you you choose him over Hoybier. What is it about him as a player that you think that? That the reason why I said I I said if our aspirations are to be top four yeah. and to be heading toward top four, Hoyberg isn't a top four player for me at all. Hoyberg was one of one of the reasons why we were shipping in goals uh, last season. I felt. Yeah, I, I don't think I, I, I'm not against saying he's the answer. Yeah, but if you, but if would you, so you're saying you would go skip over him if you. Had I, I would go youth. Yeah, I'd go youth yeah. and youth development. Obviously, uh, Spurs Academy have developed, uh, invested a lot of time, effort, money. They they see what we as fans don't see in that that progression, and sometimes you have to believe in the the system. And and uh, I, I I just think Hoiberg. You me, know his capabilities, though. Skip though. Just, just his basic capabilities. So I'm on about yeah. beating a player, having a shot from the edge of the box, one, two. Yeah. Do you reckon you can develop that type into that that sort of stuff into his game? Gaz, can I can I say um, cool. I watch the under twenty threes a lot, and uh, cool. or the under twenty ones now. And uh, Skip, you know, some years ago he was seventeen years old playing in the under twenty threes. He was the best player by a country mile on the pitch. Don't, really? Didn't matter what position, uh, what opposition we had, he was the best player on the pitch. Um, constantly going forward, uh, spreading passes, spraying balls all over the place. He was a very, very different player playing under different managers like uh, Jose Mourinho and Antonio Conte. I think if he got part of his game back to his younger days under Ange Postecoglou, he could be a very, very different player. Um, but time will tell. Of course, yeah, he's a young player. By the way, I'd love nothing more than for him to be a success at Tottenham. It's yeah, not a personal attack on Skip. He's one of our own. He's come through yeah, the academy. Yeah. He's a lovely person. He's English. Yeah, hundred percent. You'd want him to be a success. But as you said, Chris, only time will tell. I just have my doubts a little bit. I, I just think that some of the systems that we've had, um, you know, he's been likened to Harry Winks a lot of the time because he's uh, been passing a lot of balls sideways and backwards. I think that's probably the style of play that we had. Um, so I don't think he really had a choice um, to be going. Not think you can play a little one two around the edge of the box and have a shot, then Chris. You, well, can, did that you, can, you can, you can do it. You, you, you know, what I mean, you're not you're not restricted. Someone's not holding you around in the position you have to play for 90 minutes. You yeah. can, you, 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 you know, what I mean, you can be adventurous on the football pitch. Uh, I don't know yeah. whether that's where the shackles might be on under certain managers, you say, but but that's going to be an interesting one because that central midfield area, especially when Bentancourt left that team for injury for the second half yeah. of the season is a major, major problem for yeah, Tottenham. For sure. So that is something that they, they, that's something that they're going to have to address big time. Rich, let's come to you. Jed Spence, what happens to him uh, when you've got the likes of Emerson Royale now and Pedro Porro? What happens to Jed Spence? 
Well, yeah. What does happen to uh, Jed? Do we um, chip him out on loan? Um, mm. I think obviously it was a club signing. It wasn't a manager signing when we uh, when we got him. Um, I'm I'm from Nottingham, so obviously seen seen Jed quite a bit um, in the Forest team, and obviously their their season that they they were were champions that came up, and um, I think obviously showed great promise. Um, and obviously Conte just didn't didn't at all like him, his work ethic, attitude, how he fits in the team. I just, again, he might be one of those players that, that just doesn't fit the mould. But I think all the players now have got that, that, that blank kind of slate and there's a real opportunity for him to kind of really showcase his, his football ability um, while he's in Australia. I think there's, there's a lot of players that, that get on that plane that are on that plane now uh, they're going to have to really showcase what they've got or they're going to be left behind, unfortunately. And, and Jed's probably one of them. He's young enough to obviously maybe have a Tottenham career if it doesn't, doesn't work out initially. Uh, but I think he's um, he's not shown us anything, has he, up to now? So. Mm. Doesn't really Majestic, it, there's, there's been so much speculation about Harry Kane. It looks like now that he's clearly not for sale and Harry Kane will be a Tottenham Hotspur player next year. Um how do you think his career will pan out? Um, do you think he will leave Spurs next summer on a free transfer? How, how do you think it will pan out? He needs to call me because I've got his game plan sorted for the next five years. Like, if I was Harry Kane, do you know what I'd do? I would ring Real Madrid now and say, look, I'm coming to you next season on a free. Give me the transfer money, not Tottenham, I'll have it. I'll make a deal with Daniel Levy now say, listen, I'm going to leave next year, but three-year deal with Real Madrid and I'll be back. This year, score another 25 to 30 goals, giving it, like, what, 15, 20 to hit Shearer's mark. Go over to Spain, become a Galactico legend, then come back, be a one-man club in England, be a legend, done, and then and get Shearer's record. How many times you dreamt? That's what he needs to do. Because, <laughs> you know, like, I can't see him going anywhere else. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. If, if he goes on a free again next year, don't be surprised if Man City go, yeah, we'll have him for a free. But I'd love him to do that. That's, that's what I'd love to be the plan. But again, if, for example... This season with Ange, we can go and nick a cup or something. Again, there's no Europe this year for us. Because that's what was really disappointing last season. That team we put out against Sheffield United. We had a clear way to get to Wembley that year for the FA Cup. And the one thing is, as great as Man City are and they, they clean up, yeah. we're the team they hate. Pep jokes yeah. about getting a victory at Spurs. Like, we are the one team. Boy, cup. Boy, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Even go back to the, the, the days of Ricky Villio against Man City. You know, like, we are their hoodoo team. You know, like, it, so, you never know. We go and win a cup this season with him, and all of a sudden, the pressure's gone. It's like, oh, Harry Kane's won nothing. Well, I have. I've won something. But then it'll be like, well, he's won nothing important. You've only won the Carabao Cup. And that's what will happen. The agenda and the narrative will change. The narrative around Spurs... Is, is is always the same thing, especially with Harry Kane. But, you know, I, I think even just having him for another season, money can't buy Harry Kane right now. And what I mean by that is, even if you spend £100 million on a player right now, there's no guarantee he's going to give you what Harry Kane is definitely going to give you next season. So I think keeping on to him, at the end of the day, we're not going to lose money on him because he came through the academy. We've had our money's worth out of Harry Kane, that's for sure. So <laughs> let's, let's hope that... Um, he stays and, and we can do something and he enjoys it. Again, you've got to remember as, as a football player, as a human being, another child on the way, his fourth child, building a house, 
I can't imagine Harry Kane in the Bundesliga. Imagine the, the, the post-match interviews with Harry. <laughs> so Harry is a great game. Ich habe eine große Schlänge. Mein Name ist Bayern Munich, ja? And then Harry coming in like, yeah, obviously, yeah. But I can't, I can't, I can't imagine it. It's not going to happen. Majestic, do you believe that Harry Kane has met Thomas Tuchel? He might come around for a cup of tea and a game of FIFA. But yeah, like, I, I just think even if he entertained it and to hear what he had to say, it's like, that doesn't mean anything because at the end of the day, Daniel Levy is the one that has to sell him. And we saw what Daniel Levy did with Gareth Bell. Like, he got the most money out of it, out of a situation, to the point that Real Madrid hated us so much they sold Arsenal Ozil just to annoy Daniel Levy. Like, that literally was to annoy Levy. They sold Bell and went, ha-ha, Ozil's going there, you mug. So, yeah, I, I do think it, it's all down to Daniel Levy. And, and listen, if Harry wanted to go, he ain't going on that trip. He showed us a couple of years ago when he was like, Mr. Levy, I'm not coming to the training. I want to go Man City. And all of a sudden, he was on a holiday in Florida for three weeks or whatever it was. If he did not want to be there, then all of a sudden, like, he wouldn't be there. He looks happy. He looks ready to go, in my opinion. Kaz, do you think there's any chance of Daniel Levy in the Tottenham ball to persuade Harry Kane to sign a new contract? Um, only if there's a clause in it, like, or, or that he can leave in a, with, in a certain window. So, obviously... If, if you get a rolling deal or one or two years, but at the first window, someone matches the release clause and Harry wants to go, then he'll probably go. It'd have to probably be a deal structured to something like that. I think Harry Kane, um, I think he'll stay at Tottenham. I think that Tottenham, we've got to get back in the Champions League. Like, that's where we that's where we need to be playing our football. So his goals, like, um, I think it's just irreplaceable. You just you just can't replace him. Like, how do you replace him? What money do you have to spend to replace him? Um, from a selfish point of view, I'm not worried about the money that Tottenham are going to lose. I'm genuinely not. I want to see him on the pitch for another 12 months. I want to see him on the pitch for another season. Yeah, obviously, I'm, I, don't, I don't work on the business side of Tottenham Hotspur. They've just put the season tickets up. They've just packed everything up. So um, they're not short of a few quid over there, are they, Chris? Let's be honest with you. Look at the money. Look at the deals that they're doing, the concert deals, the boxing deals, the Formula One deals. So, look, I want to see Harry Kane stay you don't know whether he's going to sign a new contract, but I think it was probably a little bit late in the day. I've said all along, I just think he goes to Man City in the, on a free. And what I mean by that is I think where you could go, why would he go City? Because I think you look at the Kevin De Bruyne situation, he might potentially move on. He can maybe play in that role. He can play up front. There'll be loads of games. And if, if it's about winning league titles for Harry Kane, who can you go to in Europe apart from Barcelona, Real Madrid, Man City, or Bayern Munich that's a guaranteed title win? No one else. You're not going to anyone else in the Premier League. Like, look at Arsenal, for example. Not that he'd go there. They ain't won a league for 20 years. Spending, spending fortunes. So, it's a difficult one. Really, really difficult. Last couple of questions. Um, Rich, let's come to you. What do Spurs need to do uh, in this remaining transfer window in order to be a contender to finish fourth in the Premier League? Because, you know, we finished eighth last season and... You know, ship 63 goals in the Premier League. I know we've spoke about defenders already, but what else does Tottenham need to do in this transfer window, bearing in mind that all of the other teams around us, uh, especially the teams above us, are doing big, big business at the moment? Yeah, and I think we, we need to, like I've said in in previous years, look at look at your need within the team and then, and then uh, try and get recruits that best fit the team, also the position. Um, we all know where they are 
um, defensively. Um, I also think it's about getting rid of those that bad blood around the squad as well. I think it's you need mm-hmm. to really uplift the team and you need to have team players within that. And I know that might sound a bit funny to some people, but you do have those those players or or team members that are a drain on the team and you need to get rid of those um and wh- whether that's completely kind of isolate them from the team and, and kind of get rid of them or but you need to have a, a core of players that really binds the philosophy of the manager um it as as we all know that it's not a guarantee when you buy a marquee player that they fit into the team and they just kind of they make the team better you hope they do and you hope that the recruitment process is, is such that when you get a player in, they actually they're better than what you've already got, and that's obviously what what the new managers uh, been brought in to do is better players, better style of play, more attractive uh, play. I think um, we do need to recruit more a couple more players. Um, mm. I think um, it won't be uh, very many, two or three maybe. Um, and those players need to really be, like I said to you before, the leadership side, really kind of when they're on the on the pitch, they represent the club, they represent the team. They also can have an impact on play. Um, but I would say uh, across the whole club, we need to have this kind of real philosophy of uh, we believe we can um, we can be better because last season just wasn't good enough. And that's not just the men's team. Obviously, the women's team has gone through a big transition as well. Uh, and I think that's also important that kind of when you look at the club last year, it was in disarray from from director of football to like disconnect with the board and the fans and the team and the manager and the captain. We need to have a time of real kind of coming together um, and then moving forwards as a team towards the top four. Majestic, what is the aim for Ange Postacoglu in terms of uh, the league season? Is uh, Do you think the board have actually said, we need to finish top four, we will give you X amount of players in order to try and finish top four? Is that the main aim for Tottenham? I think the first aim is to create an identity of football again. I think that's what Ange is going to try and I think that's what he will do. And the thing is with him, he keeps using the word he's a winner. And regardless if people want to mock his achievements, saying you've done it in the Farmers League or you've done it in Japan, he don't care. He goes, well, I was there and I won. So all I can do is win in the places I'm at. doesn't matter whether it's Japan, Australia or here, I win. You know, and um, <laughs> even when he talks about the uh, the Asian Cup and that and he mugs off Sonny going, yeah, Sonny's called an equaliser, but we won. I reminded him. Like, he, he's, he, he's a winner, like, in the way that, you know, Conte and Jose were winners and we always want winners, but just in a bit of a different way. You know, like he's he's quite an inspirational sounding person. So I think for him is he's going to really want to imprint an identity. And he keeps saying, you know, he wants to play football that people enjoy and talk about. So I think that's his first thought. And I think if that comes, then everything else comes with it. And like form will come with it because, you know, the energy is good. And, and, and the, as Richard said, the energy around the players and the camp is right. That is the most important thing. And you know, Richard can testify this more than any of us, but, you know, being yeah, an elite yeah. athlete, you know, being in an environment that helps your performance. Because, you know, and, you know, just to touch on it quickly, because we've all seen it come out this week about poor old Delhi. You know, he is testament of your environment will change the way that you perform. And, 
you know, when Delhi was in an environment with a manager like Poch who had his arm around him and showed him a lot of love, he thrived in that environment. Jose is the school of hard love. Someone like yeah. Kane will thrive in that environment because he he, he has that mentality. You know, we, I always just say it, this reason why everyone calls Harry Redknapp such a great man manager because he's the arm around the player kind of thing. He doesn't do anything tactically. Right? He says, go out there and express yourself. And some players are really take to that. I think with Ange, he's got a level of inspiration. And also, there's that side to him that looks like he can switch and he's not going to take say nonsense. So I think getting that changing room right is the first thing he needs to do. And get people... Uh, uh, Keith says, Spurs is not a social club. I appreciate that, but come on. It doesn't doesn't take a genius to work out what whatever job you work in if you go to work enjoying yourself you're going to perform better so you need it to be a good vibe around the place and i think that's what he's going to do and i also think that he is going to be so enthusiastic to imp- implement that style of play the excitement i'm seeing from james madison is coming from Ange. like you know the, the fact of the matter is james madison could have gone to newcastle and played in the champions league He's come to us and he says, you see in the little little interview that they had together, he goes, what you said to me on the phone, you know, I, I was making my mind up. You made my mind up for me. And, and as he said to him, he goes, yeah, but I meant it. I mean what I say about you. You're an important part of this. So I think that his energy is going to be the main focus and then what will come after that. And even as a fan, if I'm buying into this, into this project, I'm not going to start throwing the toys at the pram after eight, nine games. I'm going to see what he's got for us because at the end of the day, you look what he did with Celtic, where he took them. They went on to win everything in Scotland. And I know it's Scotland and it's the Farmers League and all of that, but you can only do what's in front of you. So I'm, I'm, I think philosophy and energy is what he's going to focus on more than places or anything. Gaz, of course, we've got our three friendlies, um, one in Australia, one in Thailand, one in Singapore, playing West yeah. Ham, Leicester and Lion City Sailors. Um, we then come back to England and play Shakhtar Donetsk at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Two days later, we travelled then to Barcelona uh, before the season starts for Tottenham on the Sunday against Brentford. Um, the five teams that we're playing during pre-season, um, are they good enough tests for Tottenham going into the new Premier League season? I think so, yeah, for sure. Um, I, I, I love playing against West Ham. It's a big game for me like as a fan, like obviously with a rivalry. Um, they'll, be, they'll be fresh off the back of winning their Conference League. Good start, be a good competitive game from the get-go. Um, you move forward with that one. You got the Leicester game. James Madison is going to be the one playing against his old team immediately. Um, moving a little bit further on, that that there's one in the middle there. What was the game in the middle between them sandwiched in between the Shakhtar game? Got uh, Lion City Sailors. It was meant to be Roma. I'll let you make this. That's the Sailors. I'll let you make the assessment on Lion City Sailors, Chris. But yeah, as as for Barcelona and uh, Shakhtar Donetsk, going to be interesting to see what sort of teams filled it out against Shakhtar Donetsk with the team having to travel to Barcelona. Probably yeah. what just a couple of days later. That that's that friendly's only just been put in that Barcelona one, isn't it? Yeah, that's a new one. So that'd be interesting. But I think look, there's a lot of players there who've got to be chomping at the bit to try and make an impact and, and prove to themselves that they've got a future under Ange. And it and it has to be immediately for some of them. It has to be immediately. There isn't like I know you're trying to find your way in preseason. Unfortunately for a couple of them, in my opinion, needs to be they need to be making an impact from the get go, and that starts at West Ham. Last question for you all. Will Ange Postacoglu be the man to put a trophy in the cabinet for Tottenham? It's no all gone quiet. Go first. No one wants to go first, do they? <laughs> it's tough. It's, you know what it is? I just think, like, the money that... You look at what, what Arsenal are trying to do. They're, obviously, Arsenal have got eyes on the title. 
Yeah, spending a fortune. You've got Man City who will go again. You've got Liverpool who will go again. Tottenham are trying to have a go. It's so, so difficult. Like that Carabao Cup when it was the Carling Cup and the Wolverton Cup when we won it was looked at on a, as a trophy. It was like a bit of a sham, wasn't it? But well, it's like yes. a, lot of these, a lot of these teams target that competition now. But it's the first yeah. one out the gate and it's targeted. And it's, it's, the difficult, it's difficult to win. Well, guys, even Pochettino put weakened teams out in the FA Cup and the, the League Cup. Um, of course, Jose Mourinho and Antonio Conte done uh, done it as well. As Majestic said, that Sheffield United game, very, very disappointing. Still will, he take, will he take these competitions seriously? Will he put out a full yes, strength? Absolutely. Team? Yeah? Absolutely. You have to. Tottenham need to win a trophy. The stigma's there. I'm getting, we're all sick and tired of it, but I think it's getting harder and harder. And it comes with no guarantees. Um, we had the luck of the draw last year, big time, in the Champions League. In the Champions League and the Carabao Cup. That Champions League group that we got and that AC Milan side that I saw uh, that we that I saw at the Spurs Stadium, what we saw on, they weren't all that, were they? they were there, got to the that. semis. Come on. Like, but that, that, that was the route for us there. And the, Car- yeah. the, the FA Cup, when you get knocked out, not, it's not been good enough, but it's all about the luck of the draw. But um, I think there's a, there's a lot of teams vying for them competitions now. It's, even, it's going to be even, even more difficult next season. But yeah, to answer, you, question, to answer to your question, um, yeah, why not? Big Ange to deliver the trophy for Tottenham. Why not? Why not? Big Ange, come on. He's going to do it. Be positive. Well, you, See, I'm be negative, but I might as well be positive. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to think that um, it's about building the confidence in, in the philosophy and then um, a little bit of luck, luck in the draw um, and, and, and going deep into the competitions and then it's at anybody. So I'd, I'd like to think that we'd I should get further than we have done previously. Um, and then hopefully with the, the the players that we've got, they kind of take over and they get us over the line. Um, obviously, winning mentality, we've had that in other managers. But I think with the manager we've got now, the expectations there, he wants to make the team better. So, yeah, so why not kind of, I don't know, maybe FA Cup kind of get into the final and see what happens. Majestic, what are you saying? I think, um, especially that there's no European football. This is going to be the one thing that I think you can, you know, what is it? The FA Cup and the Carabao Cup, because we're not going to win the Premier League. So why would you not go for those all in? And, and, did, and you know, did you want? Did you want the Europa Conference League, by the way, on the last day of the season? No, I no. wanted out. I just want a year. At, there's no point going to like Romania and playing FC Potatoes, like, like. <laughs> <laughs> you got to travel back and then you get battered on the Sunday by Newcastle. And it's like, yeah, but we played FC Potatoes. Like, I, I know West Ham had a great night and, and it was, you know, a big moment for them in their history and all that kind of stuff. But we're in a different level to West Ham. And also, Ham, if we, we won the Conference League, everyone would be like, oh, it's only the Conference League. Like, it's pointless. So, do you I, think we're on a different level to West Ham? Absolutely. Look at, you look at that Spurs season last year. We're all, we're, we're all that season was draining for all of us as Spurs fans. We finished 20 points above West Ham. Yeah. 20 points. That's huge. And now we've had an awful season. So it's a, it's good for them. I do think there's a little levels in the Premier League for me. But, it's good for them. But I don't know if we'd get as much credit if we won that. But yeah, if, if the, the guy keeps going on how much of he's a winner, he's going to take everything seriously, isn't he, really? And the fact of the matter is, cup competitions, as Rich said, some of it's luck of the draw. Some mm. of it's the things that are going on around you. Like, you know, 
Man City play Manchester United, one of them goes out. Arsenal play Liverpool, one of them goes out. You know, that's we just want to see a trophy. And I think the main thing this this year, you get the top four and all that kind of stuff. You win a trophy. The hoodoo's gone from Harry. He's won a trophy with his club that he, he loves. And all of a sudden, there might be a new energy around the football club and you can start to build. But, you know, if anyone can give it a go and I'm going to get behind it, it seems to be Ange. All of us at first, Ange, big, big Ange. But he's literally just talking he's, he's won a lot of Spurs fans over and I think cracking me up in a week he had the press photos he was breathing in for them oh shows. yeah he was and but, but he, um, I can relate to that he you know <laughs> he's he's the kind of manager that you know the last time we had a manager that we we really got behind and fell in love with was Poch so mm. we won't mention him Um, I'll go back to Harry Redknapp but yeah so um, let's hope he can do it and do you know what chaps and, and, and ladies that are watching as well I just want to enjoy going to Spurs oh, again. Yeah. That's all I ask is to go over there, and you know what? Say you lose three two, and it's you know, but you've scored a couple of worldies, and Son's had a great run, and and Madison. I know it yeah. sounds like a loser's mentality, but right now I just need to fall back in love with a uh, beast of th and Martin Joe. Ah, oh, Martin was great. Yeah, you know, you know the foul. Hopefully they can come back with Mido and maybe the the Athletic uh, King as well. You know, good players. <laughs> I used to love Martin. Martin was my guy oh. when he called Gabby Logan darling. He's like. Hello, darling. Uh, that's the kind of guy I can get behind. And I think oh. Big Edge has you that sort of... Like him, Andrew, but the fact of the matter, he goes, he calls everyone mate. He's like, you know, what I, what I said, yeah. I meant, mate. Like, I just love yeah. he just calls everyone mate. Majestic, I've got to ask, because you've mentioned him, how are you going to react when Pochettino comes back to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium with Chelsea? I at first was like, look, we didn't ring him. It's completely up to him to get a new job. I don't hate Chelsea the way I hate Arsenal. Arsenal are the only London team I despise. Like, West Ham, I've got a lot of friends who are West Ham fans and you know Chelsea okay I don't like Chelsea I'm not going to applaud Chelsea but I don't care about them the way I care about Arsenal however you know the way I then saw him talking like on that pr the first press conference I know what he's doing he loves to be loved Poch and he's playing lip service to the Chelsea fans yeah he didn't have to he just didn't he could have just gone yeah it's a big job I'm excited to get it on oh well they're one of the biggest clubs and all yeah, that I'm like Biggest club that you lost 4-2 to because you, you played Sonny at left wing back, you burk. Like, yeah. I started, started all, all, all my pent-up anger towards uh, Potch came out with his bad yeah. decision-making. Yeah, a massive club because you lost the final to him and a semi. Ah, oh, yeah, when, when he comes back now, he might have to get a Stone Cold Stunner. You hear the Stone Cold music come on. It's been me and Gaz walking out of bald heads giving him a Stunner. The <laughs> <laughs> going off and Richard, thanks so much for joining me this evening. Uh, you've been a wonderful guest as normal. Uh, please tell everyone where, where they can find you on social media and what you're up to at the moment. Just, yeah, Marathon Champ on Twitter um, and Instagram and, yeah, all those kind of usual places. Yeah, just training at the moment for New York Marathon in November. Um, uh, heavily working with my foundation, uh, the Richard Whitehead Foundation. Uh, do a lot of work all over the UK, which is awesome. And uh, just really looking forward to this season. I think um, at last season, like the boys were saying, yeah, draining. And I was like, I need a break from this bullshit. It was like, just like, yeah. proper, like depressing. Every time, because I'm a Nike athlete, so I get like box seats in the Nike box, stuff like that. So I've been, I went to a lot of home games last year and I was turning the games down. I was like, no, I'm not driving all the way from Nottingham to see that shit. Even with the uh, incredible box facilities, that must have been hard, Rich, because those boxes hard, are fantastic. It's, <laughs> it's hard. It's a hard life. 
but uh, especially last season. So hopefully I can utilise them a little bit more uh, for the drinking and the uh, the old foot footy. So um, I'm looking, but also I think the fans. You know what? You know when we went to this the stadium last year. I don't know what it was, but before the ball was before even kick off, the fans were like bitching with each other. Absolutely, like, it was just negative. Oh. I've never never heard it so negative. And you like, could easily have a row in the crowd, Rich, last yeah, year. No, you, little pockets you going off everywhere, little arguments yeah. going on. It's not good, toxic. All toxic. over the place. So I think yeah. that we as fans, and this is at that 12th man, I think we as fans have a responsibility now to get behind the manager, get behind the team, and actually create that fortress. When we were unbeaten, that season when we were unbeaten at home, just before we changed into the new stadium, I, I remember going then and thinking, what a team, what a place, what a bunch of fans. This every every game you go in, you're thinking you can you can win whoever they are, the Liverpools and Man United, we are brave. And that's what I want to see this year. A brave team. And uh, so I am excited for it. Majestic, before we talk about your podcast, um you've recently played against the Tottenham Hotspur Legends. Tell us all Hello. about that. Well yeah, uh, 14th of May, uh for the Jukesy Foundation, big shout out to Jukesy. Um, we played the uh, the Spurs Legends, and what a lineup it was! Like, you know, yes. when you see Spurs Legends now, it's like, you know, and big them up. I love them, like you know, Steve Sedgley, David Howells, like some OG. Never cut. You would never cut. This lineup consisted of Aaron Lennon, oh, Edgar Davids, what a lovely guy, Kane, Defoe, well. Huddleston, Gomez in goal, Ledley. It's just incredible. The lineup oh, was level. absolutely incredible. And you know, on our team, we had Yaya. Tor- I I subbed Yaya Torre. Like, not many people can say they've subbed Yaya Torre. Yaya, you're blowing off your cam shan. Like, <laughs> I've done it to Yaya. So it was actually an incredible, oh. incredible day. And um, you know, just when they blew up, because the, the the gaffer uh, Ray Winston actually made me captain. So I, I was like, this is incredible. I get to line up against Ledley. And I just remember when the kickoff, running up to just sit on Ledley King and Dawson. I was like, oh, my God, this is like playing FIFA in real life. And um, it was incredible how much they talk. That's one thing I took away from it. The, yeah. It was like a military operation. Doors, 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 you there? Yeah, I've got him. Got the big man, I'm with him. Like, I they, heard they, them talking to each other saying you were the hardest opponent they've ever come Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but, but, you know, for me, I, I made Michelle Vaughan take out a great save in a second. Oh, high-class save. He was going top bins. Oh, he, he I said to him afterwards, said, Michelle, like, you could have let me have my moment, mate. But yeah, it was it was absolutely fantastic, and I believe we, we we're looking to do it again next season. Uh, and as soon as those tickets go and sell, people buy them. It was such an incredible day, and and Tommy Huddleston, just what a football player, you know, like oh, yeah. no, especially no, in a no. game where you've got a bit of time and you're not pressured, but he could just spray the ball. You, you talked about saves there, Michelle. What about Chris's save from our shot when we played at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium? Oh, Chris, I'll tell you what, fantastic, wasn't it? High levels, <laughs> high levels, man. <laughs> Thanks for that, guys. I, I didn't even take guys been, to say that either. I've been waiting. I've been. I've been waiting one hour and twenty-eight minutes to slip that in. I've done it. There. <laughs> well, tell us. Um, tell us all about the podcast because uh, for those who you know people don't know, how do they not know? But tell us all about the podcast, how it started, how long it's been going, and what people can expect. So we do a podcast called Men in Black. Yeah. Uh, it's all about aliens. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. Uh, the same old Spurs. Magic guys, it started with an idea on a walk, didn't it? Yeah, we were down a walk, yeah. During lockdown. Um, because we were just talking Spurs like we do. Like, mate, we should turn this into a podcast. Yeah. And so we started doing it three seasons ago. And in that time, we've had 
four, four or five managers. Yeah. <laughs> Says it all, didn't it, really? You know, that's, so it has been really difficult times. But yeah, so we do it as uh, weekly as we can. Obviously, my schedule's quite quite difficult with, with the touring stuff that I do. But we try and get in as much as possible. And it's just, look, me and Gaz have been mates since since before secondary school, primary school, because both played football in the local area. He played for Enfield, I played for Norseman. There's a lot of rivalry there. Me and Gaz actually had a fight on our first day of secondary school. I won. <laughs> it went to cards. It went to judges' cards. Right, so, uh, yeah, you know, we, we, it's our therapy with everyone, you know. And, and like, you know, we always watch your stuff, Chris, and get the information and stuff. And I think with our podcast, the USP of it really is a dynamic between me and Gaz being friends. And yeah. we try and add yeah. a lot of humor into it as well. We just try and laugh at things, you know. Like You have to. We have to. And, and the thing right. is, I never forget when we first made the name, same old Spurs, yeah. SOS. Oh, it's a bit negative. I said, yeah, but it is the same old Spurs. I'm 36 now, and it has been the same old Spurs yeah. all my life. And if we start turning into Manchester United of the late 90s and win everything, we'll be the same old Spurs, but in a positive. So yeah. it, it works twofold, doesn't it? Absolutely. I think, I think you've hit the nail on the head of everything you said there, mate. But just more than that, it's just like doing the podcast, what we learned, and, and you know, people like yourself and, and Richard tonight, connecting with fellow Spurs fans and there's so many people out there that do a great job you know and I'm engaging all day with, with Spurs fans there's a lot of insightful Spurs fans they all want to have an opinion everyone's got an opinion everyone's entitled to their opinion and it's good it's good look you've got to be trying be, as a fan I try and encourage everyone try and be positive especially and now. you were the negatron and I, 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 I sometimes I can be negative but I, I think look when you look at Spurs over the last few I was years, the negatron at the end of the season wasn't I but I think you've got a new season you've got a new manager a couple of new players coming in you've got some Tottenham got some really good players there you know what I mean? And if we can add a couple, get excited a little bit about it. You know what I mean? There's no point being negative. If if you're 10 games in, 8 games in, if it all starts to unravel and we, we're not doing all that, then be negative. Pull, pull, uh, get Criticise who you want. But at the moment, if you're a football fan, just try and look forward to the new season that's coming. Enjoy it. I've got to admit, you've been so much more positive than I thought you would be this evening, which is really. Been, have uh, you been doing your? Have you been doing your history? Have you been doing a bit of research on <laughs> I me and Chris? The negative. No, 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 I'm no, but no, I think no, you have to be. I think, I think, I think you have to be. Like I'm, I, I said, as you look at the front players that we've got, and I, I just want to repeat myself here, but Kulusevski, yeah. the season before last, top player. You look well class. People are making a, when it comes to a comparison with him and Saka. There's people going, I have Kula instead of him. That was what was you got Hummin Son the season before last picks up a golden boot. Harry Kane scoring 30 goals, 25 goals every season. You got Brazil's number nine that needs to turn up. You got a 35 million pound midfielder in Basuma. You got Ben Tancor's a joy to watch on his day. You know what yeah. I mean? He's as good as they come when it comes to midfielders. World Cup winning center half. You know what I mean, you, you need it all to come together. You need the manager to do that as well. You need to stay free of injuries. Couple of more signs, but yeah, I'm trying to be positive. So, Chris, are you are you heading out there for the for the tour? I am indeed. Um, when, 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 do you go, when, do you, when do you go? Tomorrow morning. Wow, who are you flying with? I'll tell you after. Okay, <laughs> nice. Well, like, I'm, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a plane geek, you see, and going that far is long. <laughs> it's long. It's a long old trip. Um, I done, done South Korea last year. And that was 21 hours coming back, and I, and I got off that plane. And I must say, I said never again. And then, of course, as soon as this trip came up, I was like, yep, yeah, I'm there. Um, but of course, it, there's no European football this season. So I've got to take any trip I can. It's, uh, but I'm really looking forward to seeing Ange work with these players and, uh, you know, seeing if he can get you know, the best out of some of these players that haven't performed in recent seasons, particularly those players that have come back from loan. So uh, back really to looking 40, forward to this. Or a bit of bronze and all for you. Sorry? Back to 40 or bronze and all for you or the sun block? 
What's your choice? Yeah. What goes in the bag? Well, it's, it's actually winter out in uh, Australia oh, at the moment. Really? So, so the weather will be interesting. Yeah, wow. Thailand will be better. Though. Killed me there. Bring me, bring me back some Tim Tams from Australia, Chris. <laughs> they're their version of like a penguin and they're amazing. I'll try and remember. Well, um, just it in, Gaz. It's been an absolute pleasure having you here. Um, hopefully, it's not going to be that long before you come back uh, and talk about Tottenham Hotspur again. And hopefully, Gaz, as you said, the good times are ahead. And hopefully, Anne can bring some kind of success to Tottenham Hotspur in the very, very near future. Richard, Majestic, Gaz, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks for listening. And until the next time, I will see you in Australia. Come on, you Spurs. Come the Spurs. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.